Colter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. Proud to present our Nuanas Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that, yeah. might, that must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home. And uh, I saw some kids running around with I their love shirt it. on. And it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure. Uh, that's so cool. You guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you. But when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean, they think, I mean, you're the man right now. for <laughs> <laughs> the University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just wanted to make sure... Uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And of course, they have Junior Bergen t-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. Montana's only daily sports talk show, Nuanez Now. Watch the show statewide on SWX Montana Television. I like football! Yo, what's up, everybody? Welcome in. Nuan is now ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, and the ESPN MT app. Can't believe how beautiful the weather still is in Missoula, Montana. Waiting for the other shoe to drop, but uh, we'll enjoy it while it lasts. I uh, I had my my long sleeve button up on earlier today. My my ESPN flannel this morning because it was a little chilly, but then went home and changed to lunch because it was. Uh, it's, it's feeling nice outside, mid-60s. So uh, hopefully, if you're in and around western Montana or any part of Montana, you are enjoying the lingering and final days of fall before the, the snowfall comes. Ton to get to today. It was the um, Maroon and Silver scrimmage last night down there at Dahlberg Arena. I, uh, I landed a couple interviews with some of our Sacramento State uh, compadres after the show yesterday. So I was talking to Chris Richardson, the offensive line coach down there at Sac State, as well as Caden Bennett. And then by the time I was about to head over to uh, the Delberg Arena, Andrew texts me. He's like, well, it's, it's almost done already. So we'll get some of Andrew's thoughts on the Lady Grizz and the Men Grizz uh, season opening scrimmage last night. We'll, we'll talk about that a little bit here uh, in a little while. We're also going to hear from several of our Wednesday staples, including Sam Herter, Hero Sports, who will join us uh, right off the top here. Talk all the way around the FCS. We'll hear from Sean Chambers, senior quarterback for the Montana State Bobcats. Of course, number two MSU plays at number three Sac State on Saturday evening. Mike Anderson, Chris Hockey head coach. He'll join us. 
To recap the rivalry weekend this last weekend, the Cats and the Grizz played on the ice, and uh, Cats won two, but the Grizz were certainly competitive. And hour number two, fun ESPN roundtable for you. Tom Wistershills, the commissioner of the Big Sky Conference, will join us. Wanted to ask him just what he thinks of the lay of the land in the Big Sky right now, where he thinks the Big Sky fits into the, the bigger picture of college football, but also just the sort of the opportunities that he and his office, as well as the league itself, has provided for itself over these last uh, couple of years, specifically these last two weeks. National television games, Big Sky After Dark is what we've been calling it. Uh, the ratings for the Montana-Idaho game were uh, pretty darn good. I think about 240,000 people watched the game, so that's definitely you know on par with some of these other night Big Sky games that we've seen on national TV, uh, so certainly good. And uh, we get another chance to showcase yet another Big Sky venue on Saturday night with uh, Sacramento State, number three in the FCS, hosting Montana State. So we'll talk to the commissioner. I just want to know kind of the ins and outs. How does all this stuff happen? Like, how do they get these contracts? How have they been able to grow the league to have a a brand that is at least somewhat reputable on a national level? And also, where does the Big Sky fit into the uh, the larger landscape of college football? Tom Wisher show will be our ESPN roundtable. And then... uh, about 5.30, we'll give you a first look at Sacramento State and uh, what the Hornets bring to the table, what Montana State can expect. Of course, if you've been following along, you're well aware the Grizz have a bye this week. We talked plenty about Grizz versus Idaho and Montana's win last week in Moscow, uh, but that then there's no real other coverage we can do because there's no game coming up. So we didn't get any Grizz interviews this week. They gave everybody the week off, so that's... Just fine and dandy. So uh, if you are uh, a person that's really wanting some more Grizz stuff that maybe missed the show Monday and Tuesday, go check it out. Very Grizz heavy those first two days. And that will be pretty Bobcat and uh, Sac State heavy these next couple days uh, as well. Tease for later on the week. The return of a couple of our favorite guests. Brooks Duan is our NFL guy, my brother. Uh, He and I go through all the uh, various betting lines each week and also just give you commentary around the NFL at large. He's been overseas for a couple weeks uh, on a uh, quite a tour. He, he was uh, going to a bunch of uh, – he, he works in beer and wine uh, distribution, and uh, he got to go visit a couple super old, super historic Trappist monk monasteries. If you're uh, unfamiliar, some of the great sour beers in the world were created by the Trappist monks. So Brooks is back from his trip, and happy to have him back stateside. So we'll talk some NFL tomorrow as well. And then Rajim Seabrook, he's been coming in and recording with us on Thursday or Friday mornings, but he hasn't been able to do a full show for a while. He will be able to do a full show this week. So we'll have that for you um, on Friday from start to finish, a little Freestyle Friday with Raj as well. So uh, that's what's coming up today and the rest of the week. This is Nuanas Now, ESPN Radio. It's a Wednesday, but we don't have any wings for you today. Uh, just taking a break just for a week uh, from the Desperado Sports Tavern and Grill. They're always presenting Wing It Wednesday. But we do have Grizz soccer tickets. The Grizz closing in on another Big Sky title. They have games on Thursday and Sunday, so we'll keep on giving you tickets uh, for this upcoming weekend see if the Grizz can bring home another Big Sky title. We also have a couple pairs of tickets to Reggie Watts. Reggie Watts is one of those acts where if you know, you know, and if you don't know, you don't have any idea unless you go. You might have heard of him. Certainly, he's from Great Falls. He certainly reached a certain level of fame that uh, is reputable around the country. But if you haven't ever seen him, you don't really know what you're getting into. This guy's like part improvisational comedy, part 
improvisational rap and hip-hop and soul and R&B. He's just such a good entertainer. I've seen him several times, and I have been just so thoroughly enjoyed myself every time I've gone down there. So um, certainly uh, happy to have him back uh, in Missoula, and uh, we'll be giving you some tickets for that here uh, coming up as well. If you want to be a part of the show, you always can. 406-888-1029. That's 888-1029. All guests will join us via the Rangers Brothers RV phone line. And, of course, if you want to stream the show, you always can on our station website, 1029ESPN.com. Click on this one live and you'll find the stream. And you can also find it always on the ESPN MT app uh, as well. One last update for you before we get to Sam Herder of Hero Sports. <laughs> it's so unbelievable to me the art of momentum in the game of baseball and how that translates to sports betting. Last, I guess it was two years ago, I made so much money on the Atlanta Braves because they were just red hot. This year, guess who it's been? The Philadelphia Phillies. I'm about to get kicked out of my own house for betting the Phillies against the Atlanta Braves. But, you know, it is what it is. When it's hot, it's hot. You got to ride it. And the Phillies just absolutely pounded the Diamondbacks last night. And so they are now uh, on the brink of uh, clinching a World Series bid. Tonight, we have the uh, third game of the American League Championship Series between the Houston Astros, the Texas Rangers. They're back in Arlington. This one starts at 6.03 p.m. Mountain Standard Time. And uh, the Rangers already up 2-0 and favored in this one as well. Uh, Not sure which way I'm leaning in this one. Can't imagine the Astros are going to get swept, but... I mean, the Rangers haven't lost yet in the postseason, so pretty crazy, the uh, the art of momentum within the scope of the season. Let's go to the Rangers Players' Army phone line. Welcome in our good friend Sam Herter, Hero Sports. you find all his great content at heroesports.com. Uh, Sam, a bunch of stuff to get to today. Before we get to all the various results and storylines from around the FCS, though, I want to ask you about uh, something that got a little bit glossed over but then has gained a little bit momentum in terms of the conversation. That's this new... This new redshirt rule. Uh, Brent Vegan was asked about it after the Cal Poly game at Montana State recently because he played a whole bunch of freshmen in that game uh, because they were trying to not run up the score. And he's the one that sort of readdressed it and repointed it out. The NCAA Division I Council has now said that you can play in four games or less and maintain your redshirt, but also the playoffs don't count. So now I think you're going to see a bunch of guys that are going to keep on coming along and then maybe start getting some playing time late here down the stretch because their teams know if they can get them into game action, get them ready to go, they might actually be able to contribute at a high level uh, when it comes to the playoffs and then still maintain their red shirts. So, I mean, what do you think of this change and, and how might it influence uh, the postseason race and, and also just the way the playoffs play out? Yeah, I mean, you you mentioned it that the, it kind of flew under the radar uh, a little bit there and. You know, shout out to uh, the Bozeman Chronicle guys that, um, you know, Brent Vegan mentioned that and then they followed up on it. And then I, I heard the soundbite too. And, you know, I had kind of, okay, I didn't hear about that last week. I don't know if anyone talked about that last week. So, you know, messaged a couple of people to kind of find out, um, you know, what exactly uh, happened with it and, and how it came about. And it was actually the FCS Oversight Committee uh, that approved this waiver uh, earlier this month at their first ever FCS Oversight Committee meeting. And, uh, you know, this is kind of in the weeds, but before there was something called the Football Oversight Committee that was made up of some FCS representatives and some FBS representatives, and they would kind of, um, you know, approve and talk about these sort of waivers, these sort of uh, decisions. That has now been split in the summer. They split into the FCS Oversight Committee and the FBS Oversight Committee, 
and now the FCS Oversight Committee has representatives from every single conference, um, and they can, you know, kind of have autonomy over decisions like this. And so uh, the FCS Oversight Committee, you know, approved this waiver for this season. Uh, it kind of mirrors uh, a decision toward the FBS uh, that also says, you know, any any postseason bowl games for FBS doesn't count toward uh, toward your, toward your uh, four game redshirt rule. Now the FCS playoffs is a little different because now a true freshman can play four regular season games and four playoff games and play eight games and still not redshirt. Um, and so I get why some people might think that's a little, ridic- a little ridiculous, but there's also other scenarios too, where um, maybe a guy that's a, a third year junior, uh, he misses most of the regular season due to injury, but he can come back healthy in the playoffs. Now he can play throughout the playoffs and not really burn his year because th- those games in the playoffs no longer count toward that redshirt rule. It's wild the way that this all continues to twist and turn. I, I guess the number one takeaway I got is that uh, college careers are going to last longer uh, than they ever have before, and that's going to keep on going. So we'll, we'll see. We'll see how it plays out, but I do think it uh, certainly is worth mentioning. Sam Herter, Hero Sports here on Nuanas Now uh, on ESPN Radio. Well, Sam, it's hilarious because we talked early in the year about how uh, it was South Dakota State after their national championship run that was sort of sucking all the air out of the room in the FCS, and then certainly Montana State rising up and uh, the, the the sort of r- rivalry that's been established between MSU and SDSU, and, and obviously the early season matchup between those two helped pour some fuel on that fire. And uh, you and I also discussed how maybe NDSU, North Dakota State, was quietly flying under the radar and, and playing some good football. Well, now it seemed to have all fallen apart in Fargo. I'm not ready to completely close the door on this team because it is still North Dakota State and it's only two losses. But it's been since 2009 that North Dakota State lost twice in a row. I mean, that's that's a full decade and a half since they lost back-to-back games. And they didn't just lose on Saturday. They got ran by North Dakota. And that's... Uh, that's usually point for consternation amongst the uh, the Bison fans. So uh, just break this down. Give us the vibe around it and uh, what's going on there at NDSU. Yeah, I mean, the uh, the I mean, you obviously live in, in Missoula, and so you know what the tensions were like uh, in September. That has obviously turned around big time for the Grizz. But now kind of that, that tension uh, has moved over to Fargo where, uh, yeah, it wasn't just uh, a loss. Uh, it was a blowout loss. And it wasn't just a blowout loss. Uh, it was a loss to... UND and uh, you know for the last you know several years the, the top rivalry for the Bison has no doubt been South Dakota State uh, the, the kind of a, the, the second rivalry would probably be uh, Northern Iowa you know the UND NDSU rivalry just you know obviously lost uh, a lot of uh, you know a lot of its vitriol uh, just because they didn't play it for a lot of years and then UND just you know, really wasn't competing all that well with NDSU uh, but all it takes is one loss to to UND and now Bison fans are are calling for changes and. Um, you know, the sky is falling. Bison fans don't even know if they're going to make the playoffs. They don't even care about, you know, being in the seat discussion. They don't even know if they're going to make the playoffs. Uh, you know, there's former players uh, kind of calling for changes, you know, on Twitter. You know, in, in the post game uh, press conference, there are some quotes from current players kind of calling out the locker room and, and saying, we're going to see this upcoming week who wants to be here and who's all in. Um, so that kind of makes you wonder what, what, what is going on, uh, you know, off the field and, so, yeah, the, the play on the field uh, itself isn't very good for NDSU right now, and certainly the vibes off the field are, are just something we haven't really witnessed for 10-plus uh, you know, 10, 10 years covering the Bison. Well, that's the thing about some of these premier programs. I, there's only a couple of them. You know, even, even South Dakota State has, has become so good, and they certainly have a, a level of national exposure, and they get covered well, 
But in terms of just having massive fan bases that are rabid and also sometimes unrealistic in their expectations, North Dakota State and Montana are above everybody else. And the Bobcats have a great fan base as well, but they also have had such ebbs and flows over the last 30 or 35 years rather than getting spoiled like NDSU and Montana fans have and then not knowing how to really react when things lull out. And uh, so I always talk about this one in regard to the Grizz. So often one of the key factors to Grizz seasons is how do you manage the noise? Whether you're rolling and you're playing really well and you're one of the top teams in the country or you hit some skids and you have to overcome some adversity, either way you're going to have so much attention and so much narrative raining down upon you. It's the same thing in North Dakota State, but the, the problem for the Bison is they haven't had to deal with anything but just the winning for the last 12-plus years, right? And so, I mean, how much do you think this this comes down to them just sort of ignoring the outside noise when it comes to getting back on track? Well, they're, they're, they're going to have to uh, avoid the outside uh, noise because, um, you know, you – whether you you look at the, the NDSU football account on on Twitter or uh, or Facebook and you see them tweet the final score of the UND game and you see there's like 200 comments under that you're like all right probably shouldn't read that if you're a Bison player it's be <laughs> yes. ugly. Uh, and so yeah it's it's you know the, the fan base is kind of up in arms right now um, you know like I said they're they're kind of calling for changes you know that's obviously not going to happen uh, right now or anything like that but uh, you know the the Bison are kind of in a almost in a lose-lose situation this year with a lot of their fans because if NDSU wins 15-0 and and won a national title, you know, the fans would have enjoyed it, but it would have been like, oh, the FCS is getting so easy for us. This is getting boring. We want the FBS. But now that things are getting interesting and the Bison have right. lost a couple of games, now the fans are saying, you know, what, what's going on? We need, um, you know, we need Bison football looking back to, to looking like Bison football. This isn't good enough. So kind of a lose-lose situation. Uh, but you know now it's it's NDSU is kind of in the in the same uh, same realm as a lot of other teams as far as uh, it used to be NDSU will get a top two seed host some playoff games then they'll they'll make it to the national title game and then whoever they play in the national title game you know can can they beat uh, that team now it's you know can NDSU get a seed what happens if they lose a few more games you know that's that's kind of a position that a lot of FCS teams find themselves in every year uh, now the Bison are kind of in that position too of, of kind of figuring out are they going to make the playoffs are they going to be a seed. Uh, so kind of uh, territory we haven't seen for the Bison since 2010. Sam Herder joining us here on Nuwana's Now ESPN Radio. We're talking all around the FCS, but specifically about North Dakota State. The Bison have lost back-to-back South Dakota and North Dakota the last two weeks have taken it to NDSU. The funniest part, funny is not the right word. The, the most fascinating part about this, Sam, is that North Dakota State created these teams. I mean, these teams, South, especially the Dakota schools, they've been trying to chase North Dakota State forever. And the investment by those universities, the investment by the states in athletics has been spurred on by the success of North Dakota State. This this happens throughout the history of college football where one team sets the pace and it cut, you know, high tides raise all ships, right? And so I just think it's it's so interesting that I get why Bison fans are maybe having a meltdown, but I also think it's just interesting like these teams have gotten so much better because of the standard and the pace that North Dakota State set over this last 10 or 12 years. Exactly, yeah. And it, it's interesting, too, because I do think it is a, a combination of, of teams, uh, you know, getting to NDSU's point, but also I do think the Bison have fallen back uh, a little bit. They just kind of lack those dudes and that star power player. And, uh, you know, they were used to seeing the Bison have 
three, four, five guys on every team that are going to be going to the NFL. Totally. I don't know if there's an NFL guy. Uh, I, I really don't see an NFL draft pick or even an undrafted free agent type guy uh, on this Bison roster uh, right now. And what's interesting, too, is you, you mentioned as far as teams trying to match what NDSU is doing. Um, and now that you know some teams have been able to match that, it seems like NDSU has has kind of gotten away from from the teams we've seen in the early 2010s, where uh, the Bison aren't as big uh, or aren't as big at uh, uh, linebacker. Um, and I think that's due to you know South Dakota State kind of having the the physical edge over North Dakota State, and so the Bison um, uh, you know decided to uh, or excuse me, they you know NDSU kind of struggled to defend some more spread teams. Um, so they got they got smaller at linebacker. Well, what happened with that now is now South Dakota State has that physical edge over uh, over NDSU. Um, we we're also used to seeing NDSU running a lot of twenty two personnel and just jamming it down the throat of other defenses. Well, I think a lot of other defenses have have figured out how to stop that attack. And now you watch NDSU and their offense; they're running a lot of shotgun. They're doing a lot of um, you know a lot of looks where it's shotgun. You know they they you know do a couple of fake cadences. They look to the sideline. You know the sideline changes the play, um, and then they, they kind of go from there. We're used to seeing NDSU huddle up under center. The quarterback himself changes the play, changes the protection. Now they're doing more of a, a modern style of college football, um, and so far that that hasn't exactly been working out too well. And so um, just even the style of play that NDSU is playing looks pretty different than what it did ten years ago. Sam Herder, Hero Sports. Uh, last question on, on this uh, specific talking point, and then we'll get into some Big Sky Conference stuff. I asked you last week, why has South Dakota gotten so much better? I'll ask you the exact same thing about North Dakota. I mean, North Dakota's now sitting at 4-2. and two. Uh, They have some nice victories, including their 49-24 win over NDSU. They're at Northern Iowa this week, so that's going to be an interesting test. I know UNI has been a little bit disappointing this year compared to their preseason aspirations, but still a a, a solid program within the FCS ranks. But, I mean, what's what's been the keys to the rise of UND this year? Yeah, I think it's the play in the trenches for uh, UND. I think they they got bigger on the defensive line. Uh, I know they added a like a 310-pound defensive tackle uh, transfer from Northern Illinois. Um, So that helped kind of, uh, you know, obviously beef up the trenches a little bit there. I thought their offensive line, or I think their offensive line is probably the the best O-line they've had in their Division I era. uh, era. Uh, So they got much better uh, there. And I just think, um, you know, they – you know, athletically, it's not like UND is going to wow you. You know, coming off the bus, you're not watching them. It's not like they have these physically imposing guys. Uh, but they still are, um, you know, a really talented team. You know, they find guys that are under-recruited, like Bo Belquist, you know, a nine-man football guy from North Dakota. He's a really good wide receiver. Um, and I think they just kind of came out with an edge, especially versus uh, the Bison. They have some running backs that run uh, really hard. Um, and I think they just... You know, they, they, they kind of saw uh, what NDSU was doing, you know, tried to mirror it, and, you know, they, they've struggled to, to get to the Bison's point for uh, for many years. Uh, but, they you know, they certainly got there this year. You know, it's interesting, too, because, you know, Bubba Schwager, the, the head coach for UND, he said it, too. He said, you know, we're, we've been a pretty good football program. We've made the playoffs, but we now need to see how we stack up against South Dakota State and North Dakota State. Uh, he said that before the South Dakota State game. I um, mean, the Jacks absolutely rolled UND. So it's kind of like, all right, you know, UND is good, but they're not great. Well, then they, you know, turn around a couple of weeks later and absolutely hammer the Bison. And now UND is kind of in a position to potentially be a playoff seed. So they, sure. they've really made strides as a program. Sam Herder, Hero Sports here uh, on Nuanas Now. Okay, let's talk about the primetime Big Sky game that was and the primetime Big Sky game that will be. First of all, uh, what did you think of uh, the Grizz win in Moscow? Certainly, I think that, 
shocked quite a few. Hard to say that the Grizz, uh, as a quote-unquote underdog or going anywhere and beating anybody is a huge upset, but on paper it was, and I think there's a lot of people that doubted the Grizz, especially the first month of the season, but uh, once the calendar turned to October, they've looked much better. So what do you think of just the, the surge the Grizz are, are on right now? Yeah, it's it's impressive, you know, the turnaround Montana has had. And you could kind of tell, you know, especially in that first half, that Idaho wasn't really, you know, ready for uh, that moment. They weren't used to that stage. They weren't used to, you know, being a top five team in the FCS and everyone was expecting them to win. And on the flip side, you know, Montana – you know, I, I guess you could say Montana's not necessarily, uh, you know, comfortable in, in the underdog role, but, uh, you know, the Grizz, they have some veteran players. They're used to big-time games, whether it is, you know, a ranked matchup or obviously Montana has, you know, a lot of those players have several playoff games under their belt. They just look more mature. Uh, they look more ready for the moment. Uh, Idaho kind of seemed jittery with some uh, some drop passes, drop snaps. Things just kind of kind of seemed off there for the Vandals, and then they eventually settled in in the second half and made a comeback there. Uh, but I thought Montana from the get-go was, um, you know, was the better team. Um, and, you know, you, you could kind of, you know, in, in hindsight is what it is, but in hindsight you could kind of go back and be like, yeah, you know, maybe, maybe we should have picked Montana to win because matchup-wise, uh, Idaho's offensive line is one of the worst pass-blocking uh, units in, in the FCS. Um, and even though the Grizz, you know, kind of struggled to get that pressure in September, you could kind of sense that they're starting to get, you know, some things figured out and starting to get out their quarterback. And uh, they, they really took advantage of that Idaho uh, offensive line. Giovanni McCoy, I still thought, played really well. You know, some of those plays where he escaped the pressure and, and found Hayden Hatton at the back of the end zone was just marvelous, you know, uh, play there by McCoy, but he was under dress uh, all game, and, and that looked uh, like the, the Montana defense we're used to seeing. Then offensively, the Grizz have just, I mean, night and day uh, compared to what they looked like in September, and I think Clifton McDowell has um, really uh, settled into that position, and, and what a, a, a transfer portal gets from uh, from Monta- uh, for Montana. I kind of forgot about this, but McDowell was originally committed to Southern University, you know, out of the slack, and then he flipped his commitment to to Montana. And if you know if that you know commitment flip doesn't happen, you know, who knows where Montana is, is at right now uh, at the quarterback position? But uh, McDowell is really playing well, and he you can tell that he has command of that offense now. Sam Herder, Hero Sports. Uh, how about the matchup then in Sacramento on Saturday night? Uh, fascinating that the NDSU loss certainly makes this one even bigger because you got rising teams and the Cats sit at number two for yet another week and Sac State back up into the top three. They're number three this week. So you got two versus three and it's a nationally televised game. And uh, it's a matchup between the two defending Big Sky champions and they haven't played since 2019. So there's a lot of different storylines in this one. I also think, though, the matchup on the football field is fascinating as well because Sac State has been this you know high-flying, awesome offensive team that's sort of a finesse type of outfit. And Montana State, they just want to bludgeon you and run it right up, right down your throat. So um, what do you think of just uh, both the, the narrative around this game and just the uh, matchup on the football field? Yeah, it's interesting because it's been a quiet last few weeks for both of these teams. Uh, I mean, really the last time Montana State or Sac State played a ranked opponent was, was almost a month ago. Um, that you know that was Weber State for Montana State, and and since then you know kind of kind of handled business for the Bobcats, being in Portland State and Cal Poly, and you know those wins don't necessarily grab the headlines, especially when you have you know NDSU winning and then Montana beating Idaho, um, and same thing with Sac State. I mean Sac State, you know definitely got a lot of headlines for beating Stanford uh, in in September, and then a week later there's that huge matchup against Idaho, you know. But since then 
you know, a, a one-point win over Northern Arizona, only beating Northern Colorado by one possession. Um, you know, it's kind of been a quiet month for Sac State, but I think a lot of us that follow things nationally have been, you know, kind of kind of questioning Sac State a little bit because of those last two performances uh, where, you know, I have Sac State number 10 right now. I know they're number three uh, in the poll. I do wonder if they are the third best team in the country just based off of uh, these last couple of performances. Um, and then, you know, this is obviously a prove-it game now for Sac State. And uh, I think for Montana State, not necessarily a prove-it game for the Bobcats because I do think they are, you know, a pretty comfortable number two team in the country right now. But again, you know, they haven't really played a ranked opponent for quite some time. So this is, you know, kind of a, um, I guess, an opportunity for Montana State to, to start, you know, grabbing some more FCS headlines and says, hey, you know, we're in the national title conversation as well here. Sam Herter, Hero Sports. You can find all his awesome work at HeroSports.com. You can also hear him once a week here during football season uh, on Nuanas Now to lead each Wednesday show. And if you ever miss anything, you can always find it on the Nuanas Now podcast as well. Sam, appreciate the time, man. Thanks so much for being here. Yep, thank you. It's wild to think that NDSU... I, I did the math last night. You ready for this? First of all, the last time North Coast State lost back-to-back games was in 2009. That was also their last losing season. They went 3-8 and eight that year. The following season, they went 9-5 and five and went to the quarterfinals of the playoffs. And then they basically lost zero or one games every year for 10 years straight. When you do all the math, though, 2010 until uh, this year, 178 wins versus only 17 losses. To put that in perspective... The best decade, and I'm talking, this is only if you start the decades with the zero years, but the best decade for a college football team ever before the 2010s for North Dakota State was by Montana. Montana won 119 games between 2000 and 2009. That was one more game than Texas won during that span. But like 119, 120 games was absolutely the gold standard. NDSU blew that out of the water. I think they won something like 156 games during the 2010s and then then stacked a couple more national championship game runs and another natty on top of that as well. But 178 and 17 over a 12-year span, that's mind-bending. That's not even possible. Unbelievable. That's why when you lose two in a row, people start freaking out. There's people that are in school there or have been out of school there for a little while. This is completely foreign territory to the Bison fans uh, in Fargo. So uh, fascinating to be sure. But the uh, you know if North Dakota State is truly on the decline and, and this is truly uh, the beginning of, of the end, and I don't think they're – I mean, let's be honest. North Dakota State's got like three dozen conference championship banners hanging in their arena between their time in the North Central Conference and, and then their time uh, you know in the Great West and now the Missouri Valley Football Conference – I mean, they've won something like 15 national titles. Is that? I mean, North Dakota State was the greatest Division II power in the history of D2 until they moved up to D1. And then, you know, they they sort of toiled for about half a decade, and then they just completely took over Division One FCS football as well. So they have so much tradition to build upon. I can't imagine that this, I mean, say it's the beginning of the end. It's maybe only the beginning of the end of going 15 and one every year. They're always going to be very good. I mean, it would just take a catastrophe for that to completely erode. But uh, either way, it's just interesting because who's going to replace it? Who's going to fill in the void? Certainly South Dakota State has capitalized on it. We'll see if Montana State can. We'll see if Sac State can. 
What about North Dakota? What about South Dakota? We'll see. But there's a lot of uh, state schools in this regional area that certainly have big-time opportunities, especially if the bison really do continue uh, to decline. No one is now ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, and the ESPN MT app. Speaking of this primetime game on Saturday night, let's hear from one of the primary players, Sean Chambers, Montana State senior quarterback, joins us next. Keep it right here, ESPN Radio. Are you having a bad day? Did you get hurt and it wasn't your fault? Are you in trouble? No matter what has you down, you can take action and help yourself by letting Schulte Law Firm help you. Schulte Law Firm litigates injury, criminal, and civil matters, providing expert advocacy in any situation. Here with Dwight Schulte from Schulte Law Firm. When it comes to criminal defense, what's an example of why someone could or should call Schulte Law? Criminal defense happens on somebody's worst day, you know, and it doesn't mean that someone's a bad person. We all make mistakes. We all make choices that maybe aren't the best choice, and that can lead to dramatic consequences in somebody's life. So we're really focusing on personal injury and criminal defense. We do a lot of different areas of the law, though. We have a strong background in real estate. Um, We handle family law for clients, ton of mediations. The ultimate reality is, is that people have bad days, and that's when you need our help. That's when you need to call Schulte Law Firm because we know the players, we know the game. We can put people in the best position to achieve the outcome they want. If you've had a bad day, visit jschultilaw.com. This is Nuwana's Now on 102.9 ESPN Radio Missoula. Shout out to our good friends at Graphic Imprints. They hooked us up with so much sweet gear. I got this Travis Matthews uh, Nuana's Now custom shirt. It might be pink. It might be red. Nobody really knows. But real men wear pink. Make make no mistake about it, even if they call it salmon. But anyways, Graphic Imprint is a great place to get your business, your brand out there on any and all sorts of logoed gear, whether it's hats, vests, coats, sweatshirts, whatever. Uh, they got you covered. Hit up Nate Dolan and uh, Graphic Imprints. You can go graphics, uh, graphic-imprints.com or hit them up uh, on Facebook as well. Well, time now for our Montana State Minute here on Nuanas Now on ESPN Radio. We're joined now by Bobcat senior quarterback Sean Chambers. MSU coming off yet another victory, 59-19 over Cal Poly on Saturday evening in Bozeman. Sean, thanks for joining us, man. How you been? How you doing? I'm doing well. Feeling good, yeah. I mean, I was just fresh off of another Another victory, like you said, so feeling good. Well, the last time we had you on the show, it was uh, from the Big Sky kickoff, and we were doing a bunch of preview coverage up to this this season. Now here we are, and we're a little over halfway done, seven games in. Montana State sitting at 3-0 and in league play and 6-1 and and overall. How do you think you guys have done uh, so far uh, in this Big Sky conference play, just in this season so far? Yeah, you know, I thought we've done some good things so far. You know, we've, our, obviously our schedule's pretty tough this year, and, you know, we're kind of handling those questions week by week. Um, so I thought we did some good things, you know, offensive, defensively, and the special teams game. So, um, you know, I think the most important thing is that we keep getting better from week to week. And, you know, that's that's our goal is just to keep getting better and better and improving from week to week. Uh, you know, as we always talk about, so it's so rare for a team in the FCS to ever go truly undefeated from start to finish. So, so often how you respond after you drop one is such a huge part of it. And you guys had an all-time classic against South Dakota State in week two. I know you're very disappointed to lose that one, but it didn't seem like the disappointments lingered that long. It seemed like you guys turned the page pretty darn quick and you guys have played so well since then. So, I mean, what does that take from a mental standpoint to just move on and get back on track in, in such an efficient fashion like you guys have? 
Yeah, I mean, you just got to kind of forget about it, you know, win or loss. Whatever happens, just kind of got that 24 hours on Sunday to, you know, celebrate it or, you know, revel in your misery. But um, you just kind of got to move on, and that's what we do. You know, it's just a one-game season, and we just keep moving on and moving on and keep going from there. You know, we don't linger on things too much. One thing that uh, Coach Vegan has talked about and several of your other senior teammates have talked about is sort of just making sure you're enjoying it, enjoying the moment, you know, enjoying each day. For you, what's that What's that dynamic like? And, and uh, how are you trying to sort of concentrate and, and soak it all in? Yeah, you know, I guess it's just kind of something I learned on the fly a little bit, you know, just to kind of soak it all in and take everything in and don't miss out on anything, you know. Um, this is my last go-around, and, you know, I do want to soak it all in, so you just kind of have to, you know, try not to miss anything um, and try to, you know, just soak it all in. Sean Chambers here on Nuwana's Now ESPN Radio, senior quarterback for Montana State, the Bobcats, coming off a 59-19 win over Cal Poly. Uh, just take us through this last weekend then, Sean. As Tommy Mullott returns to the fold, so first of all, I mean, how does that uh, change your guys' offense? I know you guys are used to operate with each other, but you haven't had them in a while, so uh, how, how did you think it was different on Saturday? Um, I didn't think it was much different at all. You know, it was, it was great to have him back, honestly. Um, you know, anytime you get a dynamic player like that and Tommy to come back, it you know, it boosts your whole entire offense morale and your whole entire team. So um, it was great to have him back. And I think, you know, having him back will just allow us to do that much more with each other and whatnot in the coming weeks here. Well, so impressive to watch you guys operate offensively. And you, just, you run the ball at such an unbelievable rate. And the fact is, everybody knows that's what you guys want to hang your hat on. Yet nobody can stop it. Why is that? I think it's just a mentality, you know. Coach Johnson does a good job with those guys and, you know, instills that mentality that, you know, if they're going to load the box, we're still going to run the ball. Good luck trying to stop it, you know. That's that's just our mentality and uh, that's what we want to do, you know. So um, I think it starts from the top down and, you know, those guys really take on the challenge, um, talking about the offensive line, really take on the challenge week to week and trying to run the ball. Well, the offensive line, I mean, I know if I ask you, you're going to say they're great because they are, and they're so fun to interview because they all just have so much energy. But what's what's one thing maybe people don't see? I mean, what's one thing that th- those guys do exceptionally well or that maybe is an edge for them that maybe the, the common person watching you guys doesn't see? As well as they run block, I think they pass block just as, as well. Um, you know, I don't think we've given up more than, I don't know, maybe five sacks this year, four sacks this year. So those guys keep, keep us clean. They keep us upright. Um, they don't allow a lot of hits on us, and, you know, they do a good job pass blocking and knowing their assignments and, you know, studying and whatnot. So I'd say, yeah, everybody loves their run blocking, but um, their pass blocking is just as good, in my opinion. Sean Chambers here on ESPN Radio, as well as SWX Montana Television and the ESPN MT app. He's a senior quarterback at Montana State. The, the rest of the run game as well, I mean, it also seems like you just have so many guys that are just ready to go. And we've been talking about it on this show for weeks now. It's crazy how mind-bending the numbers are. I mean, the, the total yards are one thing, and that's really impressive. But the fact that you guys are averaging seven and a half, eight yards a carry for the season, I mean, this isn't just for one game. This is for the season. So, I mean, one of the other key factors that how, how are you guys able to get such huge chunks uh, at a time and, and be so prolific in that area? Yeah, you know, um, I think like you said, you kind of have a you know really good stable of running backs in that room, and you know the offensive line they're they're fantastic. But you know sometimes you can't block everybody, so it's a you know it's a testament and credit to the running backs and ball carriers that make people miss in the second level and continue to get those explosives. You know, I think that's where you see the averages increase in the the yards per carry. So um, I think it's just a everybody doing their 111th and, you know, doing it to the, the best of their ability and, you know, making people miss at the second level and finishing blocks. So, I mean, it really is just all 11 people out there doing their job and, you know, doing it to the best of their ability.
Well, it also seems like sometimes there's a couple guys that don't get blocked, and that's the key, right? Because then the, the big boys can get up to the second level like you're talking about. The speed can be such a huge factor. I just love what you guys are doing offensively. So, I mean, how fun is it to play quarterback just in this system when you can run the ball like this, but also you have the creativity that Taylor Housewright's got, and you guys are throwing it at such a great level as well. Oh, it's it's a great time. I mean, it really is fun to play quarterback in this in this system, and you know what Coach Housewright lets us do, and um, how he coaches us is it's it's a great time and makes you you know love football and appreciate you having a coach like that. Well, I want to ask you just a little bit uh, about yourself because we're gonna do a little senior feature on you this week. Uh, you guys going back to California? I know you're a California guy, so I guess just start there. I mean, go back to your home state. Uh, I, I think for the last time, at least for this regular season. So, I mean, have you thought about that? And then, what do you hope the experience is like going back to Cali? Yeah, you know, I, I think I've only played football in California one time, and that was my wow. freshman, freshman year. Honestly, so. Um, going back to California is going to be fun. It's going to be a good time. You know, you're going to have a lot of family there and, and whatnot. And, you know, it's just going to be a good time going back to the West Coast and back to my home state. So how far is – you're from the Fresno area, right? So how far is that from Sacramento? About two hours. Okay, so will you have some family there then? I will, yeah. I'll have, I have a good amount, good amount of family there, so – well, that's awesome, man. I'm happy for you. That's going to be super cool. I thought it was cool when you guys played Portland State, too. Alex Eshelman did a nice little feature about you and Dante Sacheray, talking about how you guys are both sort of from that area. And sometimes, for whatever reason, that area gets a little bit overlooked. But here you are. you got two of the best quarterbacks, not only in the conference, but in the country, that are from sort of the same neck of the woods. So, I mean, does that sort of instill a mindset in you? And, you know, where was it? what was it like, just the, where you grew up? Yeah, you know, it's, I think it's just a kind of a blue-collar area, uh, big ag ag area. Um, so, you know, people kind of grew up working and instilling a hard work ethic into their kids and whatnot. And I think, you know, like Dante, um, we kind of both got that ethic instilled in us and like the, the chip on the shoulder piece, I guess. You see like a lot of guys from the Bay Area and NorCal and um, SoCal getting recruited to, you know, the big power fives and big schools. But, you know, guys like us fly under the radar and, you know, we remember that all those coaches that come in and don't come and see us. And, you know, we want to prove those guys wrong, but more importantly, prove ourselves right, you know, that we could do this. Well, I love that. And it's fun watching the big sky because right now, I mean, there's YouTube, then there's also Giovanni McCoy. I know he's from the LA area. He's from Lawnwood or Lawndale, I guess, but still a place that kind of gets under recruited as well. So I don't know. I mean, do you feel like that element, just having that chip on your shoulder uh, and remembering sort of the people that overlooked it, do you think that influences you guys, your mentality? Yeah, I definitely, I definitely think so. I mean, you know, we try to work hard, like I said, to prove ourselves right and prove them wrong. So um, it definitely, you know, improves our mentality. Sean Chambers here on Nuanas Now ESPN Radio. I know we've talked about your transition when you came from Wyoming uh, in the past, but now that you've had a couple years at Montana State, I mean, how, how have you seen yourself grow? And also how much has the, the new opportunity, sort of the fresh start, helped you grow? Yeah, you know, definitely a lot. I think I've just kind of grown as a, as a quarterback. And, you know, I think Coach Housewright is kind of, you know, in the second year and kind of knows what type of quarterback I am. And he's kind of helped me refine that a little bit and um, whatnot. So I think I've grown a lot being here and um, as a person and as a football player. So when it comes to just uh, your relationship with the coaching staff, I mean, how much has that helped you both personally and, and you know, as a football player, both Coach Vegan, Coach Housewright and everybody else on the offensive staff? It's helped a lot. Um, you know, like, I, like you said, yeah, I have really good relationships with, you know, Coach House, right, and Coach Vegan, so, and I think they know know me pretty well, so I think that's uh, it's helped me a lot, definitely, so. When it comes to school, what do you, what do you get your degree in? I got my degree in liberal studies. So, oh, so you already have, so are you working on a grad degree right now? Um, yes, kind of. 
Kind oh, of, good. Yeah. It's it's awesome. At least you get to enjoy uh, this last uh, this last year. So, I mean, do, do you have any idea what's next? Obviously, you want to probably play football for as long as you can. But any long term goals and dreams? Yeah, no, I, I don't. Know, I don't know yet. Kind of living in the present a little bit and trying to figure it out day by day. So. Well, as you should, Sean Chambers here uh, on ESPN Radio. Last couple of things for you then, man. When it comes to living in the present, it comes to enjoying these moments. I mean, what are your, your goals and hopes for, for not only yourself, but this team for the, the last month or so of the regular season here? Yeah, I think just, you know, keep improving every week and keep getting better and, you know, keep winning um, the big one on Saturdays, you know. So um, I think if we, you know, keep handling business during the week and taking care of what we need to do, um, I don't think, you know, Saturdays will be a, a huge challenge for us, you know. So I think the games are won between Monday and Fridays, quite honestly. And I think if we take care of business during that time, then, you know, I think that's what we can do something special. Montana State at Sacramento State, Saturday evening, ESPN2, national TV. You'll have a bunch of people there, which is awesome. But what do you think of the opportunity to play in front of millions uh, across the country? Yeah, that'd be cool. That'd be exciting. You know, I guess... Kind of don't even really think about it because it's on TV, but um, I guess the commercials are probably going to be a little longer, which sucks. Yeah. But um, but yeah, I think it'll be cool. Uh, Sacramento State, I know you're probably just getting a chance to look at them now that we're talking here on a Monday, but uh, just overall, I mean, they've been one of the best teams in the league. So what do you guys think of the challenge on Saturday? Yeah, it's, it's exciting. We haven't played them in a while, and they're a good team, good program. You know, um, they got a good defense, good offense, and they, you know, they were right there in the thick of things last year at the end of the season, so... We're excited to play them. You know, we love challenges here, and, you know, we want us the, the hard way, so uh, we're excited to go play them. Sean Chambers here on Nuanas Now ESPN Radio. Last thing for you, I know you'll probably be able to answer this better when, when it's all said and done and, and you, you know, your time at the Bobcats is finished. But, I mean, just as of right now, and as you are sort of just enjoying the, this last run here at MSU, what has this experience meant to you? I mean, what, what has this done for you just as a person and as a man? It's meant a lot to me, you know, for some uh, program to take a chance on me, uh, you know, an older guy and bring me in and welcome me in with warm arms and open arms. That means a lot to me. Um, I'll forever be thankful and forever be grateful, you know, for uh, Montana State and Bobcat Nation. So uh, it means a lot to me. There you go, Sean Chambers here on our Montana State Minute. Nuana's now ESPN Radio. Sean, a pleasure as always. I look forward to seeing you down in California and watching the game. And uh, thanks so much for taking some time here today. No problem. Thanks for having me. Montana State Minute. You're on to us now. Talk some Grizz hockey around for this. Keep it right here. 102.9. At Jewelry Design Center, they can make anything you desire. We have branded jewelry that you'll see across the world and the country. And you have full access to our full manufacturing shop. You can look in the case. You don't have to start out designing something. You can see anything that we have in the case that customize it for your personal experience. Jewelry Design Center now open in Missoula at 2501 Brook Street across from the Montana Club. Jewelry Design Center, your jeweler for life. ESPN Radio. Hello, everybody. Welcome back. Well, it's now ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, and the ESPN MT app. We were listening to all things Chris Cornell, a little sound garden, a little uh, audio slave. Man, what a voice. One of the best voices ever in rock and roll. I was uh, down there at Westside Private Gym today, get back into it. Uh, my good buddy and uh, trainer, Kev, he's been in Hawaii enjoying himself, but uh, we uh, started block number two of my 
uh, mobility training. So certainly going well. I'm very impressed with the uh, the physical therapy style personal training that they offer at Westside Private Gym. If you want to get in some functional shape that includes uh, holistic and uh, flexibility, mobility-based strength, visit westsideprivategym.com or hit up Westside Private Gym on all the social medias. Time now for our weekly Grizz Hockey segment. Presented by the Desperado Sports Tavern Grill, we're joined now on the Rangers Brothers RV full line by Mike Anderson. He's head coach of the Grizz Hockey team. Montana's last week played a double dip uh, Friday night in Missoula against Montana State, lost 4-1. to And then Saturday night in Bozeman against the Cats, lost 6-3. to uh, Coach, just give us your broad thoughts on these uh, two games. How did you think you guys performed? Uh, I thought we performed really well, actually. You know, Montana State's a really good team that's well-established, and, and we're still, you know, we talked about last week, we're still trying to figure out exactly what we are and, and uh, adding a lot of new guys the last couple of years. But it was definitely one of our better performances of the year. Both games were were really close. You know, we were it was 3-3, three to three and that game in Bozeman was 10 minutes left um, in the game. And, you know, they snuck a couple in late, and, it was certainly a very close game for most of it, and and we're we're still putting some pieces together of, of what we want to do and who we are, and it was a, a really good showing for us, especially in Bozeman. We've historically played very poorly there, and so it was really good to see the guys uh, not be intimidated by the moment or the environment, and really be relaxed and, and play a really strong game against a really good team. So obviously the scores didn't go in our favor, but we we built up a lot of good. A good habits and, and got that uh, feeling of knowing. Okay, this is what this is what we do. This is who we are, and and we're able to identify it and hopefully build off of it for the next couple weekends here. Well, certainly uh, one thing we talked about with both you as well as Tucker Sargent coming into this year was this the uh, the challenging nature of your guys' schedule, and you certainly have played some of the uh, the teams that were sort of familiar from the last couple of years, but right away here in the first three weeks or so of the season, including Montana State, Weber State, uh, Utah State. So, how do you think this? Uh, opening stretch, with it, which has included a lot of big-time opponents. How do you think this has helped you guys uh, here the first three weeks of the season? Uh, you know, we won't really know how much it helped us till the end of the year, but we're we're banking on the fact that getting tougher competition and, and being in better games early on is going to benefit you towards the end of the season. So you're more a little more seasoned, a little more... Uh, grizzled and used to those close games and, and, and higher-end competition that you're going to be facing uh, towards the end of the year in the playoffs. So uh, that's more of a you know wait and see, but it's definitely a tried-and-true approach that you know the stronger your schedule is in the regular season, the more prepared you are going to be for the playoffs. So we're certainly not pleased with the, the last couple losses we've taken, but uh, we know that we're building towards something good, so we're going to keep, keep at it. Points of emphasis uh, these uh, next couple uh, days and weeks leading up to your guys' next games and, and things you want to see over the weekend as well? Uh, really, we've been really hit hammering the D zone and making sure that we stay disciplined when, when pucks go from, from low to high and making sure that we get our we get our guys and do what we're supposed to do. And, and then that, you know, we're making clean exits out of our zone on breakouts and, and doing a lot of little things right and identifying some areas we can grow in and, and, but really the big thing is staying, staying positive, staying um, in belief of what we're trying to do as a group and not letting the results dictate how we approach our process. And that's a challenge when you're, when you're losing, when the, process, when, the, when the process isn't leading to great results in the scoreboard. But we've certainly been uh, hammering home that we're doing a lot of really good things and eventually it's going to pay off for us in spades. 
Mike Anderson, Chris Hockey joining us here on Nuanas Now. Chris back home this weekend. Uh, two games set Friday night at the Glacier Ice Rink against Boise State, and then uh, same opponent on Saturday at the same time, 7.30, uh, so you can catch the Grizz at home each of the uh, weekend nights this week, Friday and Saturday, Glacier Ice Rink. Uh, what do you know about the Bronx? Well, we know we, we played them last year, and it looks like they have a lot of guys back and a few a few additions, um, so we know what to expect. They're they're a good team. They're, they're someone that we definitely have played similar schedules, um, so we kind of have an idea of where they might be, but... You know, at this level, every weekend, you, you can't take anything that's happened before into account. You just have to get to know as many tendencies and, and patterns as you can for each team and then prepare. You know, we talk a lot about it being, you know, the next game is the biggest game of the year, and that's that's really how we try and view it. So, um, you know, they're a team that has some pretty high-end talent uh, and, uh, you know, works really hard, and we're expecting a, a, a big battle this weekend. Go check out the Grizz if you'd like to. It's uh, certainly a really, really fun event. If you haven't, if you have been to one of these, you already know it's uh, definitely one of the most fun Friday and Saturday nights you could have in Missoula. And if you haven't, you should go check these guys out. It's really fun. Uh, great energy in the arena. People are loving it, going crazy. And uh, oh, by the way, they serve some cold beers as well. And it's at appropriate time. Oh, yeah. You know, seven thirty in the evening. So uh, go check out Grizz Hockey this weekend at home against Boise State. Seven thirty puck drop on both Friday and Saturday. If you can't make a dab, you want to follow along. We will have all the action on 102.9 ESPN Radio around Western Montana, as well as on the ESPN MT app. Our man Jeff Safford will be on the call, and looking forward to a continuation of this Grizz Hockey season. He's Mike Anderson, head coach of the Grizz Hockey team, joins us each Wednesday here on Nuanas Now. Mike, thanks so much for being here, man, and good luck this weekend. We'll talk to you soon. Yeah, thanks, Colter. And a reminder, Friday night's a pink out night. We're wearing pink jerseys in honor of... Uh uh, cancer awareness and all we're bidding off the jerseys on our website and all all funds raised will be going to helping families in need who are dealing with that in their lives so we're pretty excited about that well good cause and a good excuse to wear pink just like i'm wearing today yes, hour sir. one in the books hour two coming at <laughs> you our espn roundtable tom whistler show the commissioner of the big sky conference joins us next keep it right here 102.9 espn missoula Get commencement ready at the Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Their grad fair sale is going on right now if you visit msubookstore.org. Free regalia? When you purchase a diploma frame at the MSU Bookstore, you can obviously visit the MSU Bookstore on the Montana State campus. The Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Visit on campus or at msubookstore.org.